friends. Day 33, bars closed. Still cold in Wyoming. Very cold. I mean, not freezing at the moment, but like, you know, plenty of ice, plenty of snow, not going away. Everybody's in jackets. It's December. It's winter time. Coming from Florida, that feels pretty good. It feels like Christmas is approaching when the snow's around and, you know, the lights are going up and people are running around getting gifts. I think after 33 days, you stop counting, so I have to kind of double check and see what number we're on usually now. Which is a good thing when you make a decision to stop drinking and you just don't look for it anymore. You know you're not drinking, so you don't keep counting days when you know it's not anywhere around the corner. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm still hitting the bar and going and doing my non-alcoholic drink, but I don't do it as much. You know, you kind of drive by the bar and think, you know, maybe I'll go in there and you're know, like, you know, going to get a little bloated on a non-alcoholic beer and not buzzed and I'm not going to have a conversation with anybody really probably, so... I still do it, and I know that I can, so it's not taken away from me, which is cool. But I do it less, which doesn't suck, you know. It's the, the behavior is changing on its own versus trying to resist something that you want to do. So that's a good thing. I've thought a lot about when I decided drinking was such a good idea. <laughs> and I think it started early on in my career, primarily around moving to New York. New York is a drink in town. And just learning the names of the drinks and having fancy drinks and martinis and stuff. I really didn't do that before, right? I was in my early 20s. I had kids by the time I was 26. I was running businesses. I was working for large brands and companies. And, you know, I just, I don't remember really drinking being like any kind of thing. It was a combination of other stuff. I mean, I'll give you that. So there was a lot of other stuff going on, but drinking wasn't as, as big of an issue. And I know for really early on in my 20s in college, it was almost non-existent. It was a real red wine kind of thing and occasional cocktails. And so that takes me, you know, mostly through my, my 20s. So in my 30s, I think, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm a working professional. I'm in the city. We're entertaining, you know, and, and prospecting and meeting with new people. And I think I just kind of saw it as a formula for success. And the moment I started drinking and I wasn't tired after a hard day's work and I was pepped up and I was in a good mood and I was a little mouthy and humor was in full emotion and whatever, you know, and everything was kind of positive at that time. So there wasn't any kind of any of the negative outbursts that have shown up in the last year and a half. I'm sure they, I mean, they've shown up before that, but just in general, so it was a lot more happy buzz, happy drunk kind of stuff, maybe some sloppy, but overall it was a winning formula. It was like Heath, you figure out which booze is best for you, make it work. Because even like in Alaska, that's when I first started realizing what the differences were between booze. And there you can't drink, you work your ass off for weeks and then you hit the shore and then you go get shit-faced. And, and it was okay to go get shit-faced because you only had so much time. And so why waste that time without getting shit-faced? And that was normal. But the kind of shit-faced on vodka versus whiskey versus tequila, that's when I learned that tequila was really my formula. And just kind of nursing a tequila and beer together could take me all the way every day. But whiskey could end up in a bar fight. Vodka was always a brutal hangover, as I've explained before. So I knew, but then all of a sudden you're dealing with all these other kinds of drinks and you know, there's only gin and vodka martinis, so you know I'm gonna do vodka. So in New York, I kind of felt like, and in general in my adult career, I kind of felt like drinking was a winning formula. It was going to help me achieve success, literally, right? Like my success depended 
on drinking. And I'm not sure if anybody else relates to that, but it's certainly real for me. And then, then taking that into consideration and just kind of that now being a 15-year run or whatever, that makes sense to me. It makes sense why those little light switches went on and, and also kind of why I think I so protected it towards the end here. Like I was really stiff-arming several people around commentary around my drinking, particularly because my performance and success in other areas was so high. I didn't feel like they had any merit. I mean, other than being human and loving me and wanting to experience me in different ways than that and wanting the best for me, maybe, in some cases. Some cases, not so much. Judgment and jealousy and envy, picking out what they can. But in other cases, definitely genuine concern, interest, and an investment. How much are they going to invest in me? if I continue to carry out this level of drinking, and then if it continues to have this kind of toll on my moods, both hungover sober or buzzed or drunk. So I stiff-armed it and said, you know, leave me alone on this, you know, and who are you to say, and, you know, show me your, you know, what you're doing every day to make life happen and work and da-da-da-da, and why drinking, you know, me drinking makes a difference between my life and what I'm doing and yours, and particularly people that I was taking care of didn't like it. Didn't like it at all, and I don't think anybody likes to be told that they drank too much and that they should consider their behavior or their habits. But in the sobriety, going kind of flipping to a different topic to kind of wrap up with today is, I honestly am starting to understand that I was really, 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 really constantly operating in a consistent day-to-day metronome of anxiety that I had buried. And there's all kinds of reasons in the world of healing, and this all makes sense, of course, now, and I'm doing more research and So I was fight or flight most of the time, and that's not healthy, obviously, and and, and it's a whole different thing about stealing my joy, separate from booze. The other thing that is really coming to me in that now is is that I had a lot of resentment and continual renewed and reinvigorated resentment in me working harder than everybody else, in me putting in more effort than everybody else, in me being more thoughtful than everybody else. All the more reason why you can't tell me to stop my fucking drinking. But, you know, I resented that. How much of it I perpetuated to continue the resentment, I don't know yet. But I did resent it. And even I struggle with it to this moment where it comes up. But at this point, like, I've been in this kind of program of eliminate as many, if not all, your expectations of other people as you want. Because a lot of those expectations are even made up and... They don't mean what you are making them to mean from the other people. Usually people are pretty oblivious about how much they're hurting you, which I've really learned in the last couple of years. And you're like going, oh my God, I can't believe you're making this you know, concerted effort to hurt me and to disregard me or disconsider me. And they're not most of the time. So there's that reason to lose the expectations. But there's obviously all kinds of other reasons. And, and I've touched on this before, obviously, I think... I don't blend in a little bit now, but I really get it now more than ever and get it in a way that like I can now take joy in going, I got to do this on my own. If I want these plants in the house and this and that and this nice thick-skimming or this nice ambiance or this nice scene, if I desire that and nobody else has mentioned that that's their desire, but I desire it, then I'm going to go do all that and get all that stuff and bring it to the table as something that I contribute and not place all these expectations of other people to both buy into the idea that they should want that too, but then have to buy into the investment of helping me produce it 
which then also maybe takes away some of the value because <laughs> now it's forced on somebody else. And, and so I think just there's a beauty, an absolute beauty in, in getting rid of all of your expectations of other human beings and finding joy in doing things on your own. Good night.